So the, the, there's an old joke. I heard it. President Reagan. <laughs> so I can tell how old the joke is. President Reagan goes to uh, the Vatican and he meets the Pope. And uh, he sees this golden phone on the Pope's desk. He says, what is that? He says, that's my phone to God. He says, really, you have a phone, a direct line to God? He says, yeah. So Reagan says, could I use it? Yeah. So Reagan picks up and he talks to God and he hangs up. And the Pope's like, by the way, it's, a, it's very expensive. Uh, it's like a million dollars a minute. So Reagan says, don't worry, we'll have the treasury pay you. Then Reagan goes to, uh, goes to Israel. He meets the chief rabbi. And he's in the chief rabbi's office, and he has he sees he also has a golden phone. He says, is this the same thing? You have a direct line to God? He says, yeah. Can I use it? Yeah, sure. So Reagan calls up, talks to God, hangs up, says, how much do I owe you? Chief rabbi says, 10 cents. He says, 10 cents. In the Vatican, it was a million dollars. He says, from here, it's a local call. Yeah. Oh, you guys know what a local call is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. From here, it's a local call. I'm surprised you guys even got that, because today. Right. Okay. So, <clears throat> this is a sicha. It's actually the second sicha of the Fabrengen of Yud Shvat. Yud Shvat is the yurt site of the previous Rebbe. And uh, the Rebbe would always Fabreng on that date. This is from the year Tovshin Yud Dalet, 1954. And in this sicha, the Rebbe is speaking about the idea of hishtatchus. Hishtatchus means literally uh, prostration, but it means to visit the gravesite of a tzaddik. And the Rebbe begins the sicha by saying, you know, this idea of hishtatchus al kivrei tzaddikim is not a new idea. And uh, it's written about in Chsidis. Uh, there's a whole kuntres hishtatchus from the Mitle Rebbe. And uh, the Rebbeim talk about the, the great and wondrous aspect of visiting Tzian is visiting the oil or the, the gravesite of a tzaddik. But the Rebbe says, uh, we're going to bring out an, an, another aspect that's maybe more of a chidush. And the Rebbe starts the sicha by saying that it's alpi nigla. Meaning to say there's nigla and there's nister. Nister means the hidden dimensions of the Torah, what we also sometimes call pinimias of Torah or chsidis. But this is all alpi nigla. Nigla means the exoteric, the legalistic, the Talmudic. And, uh, and the way that ever frames it in the beginning of the sikh is by saying that in halacha, we see that we go to great lengths to halachically permit kehanim to visit kivrei tzaddikim. Because we're Jews, we follow halacha, we have to deal with halacha. And at the same time, it's such an important thing for every Jew to have access to the gravesite of a tzaddik that you see that the halachists spend much time and focus in finding a proper and reliable heter, a dispensation, to allow this. At any rate, I, I'm not getting into how it's allowed. Um, I'm sure anyone who's been to the oil sees the mechitzas, the, or you maybe haven't, but now if you think about it, you'll notice that it's built there in order that Kehanim can be able to go there halakhically without violating anything. The point is that Rebbe, that Rebbe frames the whole discussion by saying this is not just a, a spiritual idea. This is like everything in Torah. It's both spiritual and practical. And therefore, we're going to bring it out according to Nigla. And what I want to focus on with you inside the text, we're not going to learn the entire Sicha, but there's an incredible explanation and the Rebbe is explaining everything according to Nigla, according to Talmudic sources, an absolutely mind-blowing assertion that, to put it in one sentence, davening at the oil is a real local call. Take from that what you want. We'll understand this momentarily. Okay. Before we get into this part of the Sicha, which I want to learn inside, I want to summarize a little bit the first four chapters or so. So as I mentioned, the Rebbe mentions the, the halachic discussions about how to permit every Jew to have access to the gravesite of a tzaddik. Then the Rebbe starts to speak about specifically 
how the Nesiei Chabad are all buried in Chutz Laaretz, meaning not in the Holy Land, not in Eretz Yisrael. So whether it's in Lubavitch, right, the Tzemach Tzedek, the Rebbe Marash are buried in Lubavitch, or it's uh, or Hadich or Nezhin. Um, the Rebbeim are all buried in places in Chutz Laaretz. And that brings out that actually the precedent for this is from Meshe Rabbeinu. That Meshe Rabbeinu, as we know, did not enter Eretz Yisrael, even in burial. And the Rebbe brings out, based on a Medrash in Tanchuma, that that was by choice. That Meshe Rabbeinu could have affected that he would be able to enter the land, and yet, because his flock, his generation, didn't enter the land, he said, I will remain with them until Tchiyas HaMesim. And when Mashiach comes, I will get up and I will enter the land with them. But I will not abandon my flock. So the Rebbe brings out, and this is a Medrash Tanchuma. So the Rebbe brings out the idea of the shepherd, the Rayanemon of the Jewish people, the faithful shepherd, saying, I will remain, even in burial, I will remain with my flock. Geographically, physically, I will remain where they are. This is a precedent established by Meshur Rabbeinu. And the Medrash says, where do we learn this from? Every, every Medrash is darshaned from a Pasuk, is from Tereshi Bechsav. So this is the meaning of the Pasuk in Parshish Vezeis HaBracha, the final Parsha of Tereshi, the one that we read on Simchas Tereshi. Vezeis HaBracha speaks about the passing of Meshe Rabbeinu at 120 years old. This is the meaning of the Pasuk, the Yesei Roshayam, he will arrive with the heads of the people, meaning he won't go ahead of them, he'll only go with them, he'll go with the people. Tzidkos Hashem Asa Mishpatav Im What does that mean, Tzidkos Hashem Asa Mishpatav Im He did the righteousness of the Lord and justice by the Jews. Justice by the Jews. What does that mean? What does that verse even mean? So Medrash Tanchuma says, you know what that means? Sidkas Hashem Asa Mishpat of Yisrael? It means that Meshur Rabbeinu shows that even in burial, he'll remain with his flock, geographically, physically, in that place where they are. And that's what it means. Sidkas Hashem Asa Mishpat of Yisrael. I don't know if anyone ever noticed, but I have it on the smart, on the smart board over here, that on the Rebbe's Matseva, it says this line, Tzidkas Hashem Asa Mishpatav Im Yisrael. It says it also on the Friedrich Rebbe's Matseva, same line, Tzidkas Hashem Asa Mishpatav Im Yisrael. And in fact, on the monuments of all of the Rebbeim, it says this. And what is it referring to? It's referring to this idea that they are buried in the Chutz Laaretz by choice. As a service to their flock. That their resting place and the power that's contained there should be geographically accessible to the people. I'll just mention another thing. The Rebbe doesn't speak about it in this sicha, but it's a related concept. You see further down on the Matseva, the Rebbe's Matseva here, it says, Allah HaShamayma Matzah Shabbos Kedish. It's an interesting thing because the Alter Rebbe, his Histalkus is also Matzah Shabbos. And we know a little bit about the Alter Rebbe's Hanhoga on that, on that Matzah Shabbos. He made Avdallah, then he davened Maidiv. It's an interesting thing. That, that itself is another discussion. And he passed away that evening. <coughs> And the Rebbe asks, how come when the Tzemach Tzedek writes about his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe's passing, the, the, the Tzemach Tzedek says that the Alter Rebbe passed with Motzah Shabbos? It's a strange thing, the Rebbe says, because the, there's a Gemara that says, somebody who passes away, Erev Shabbos, Simen Yofaloi. If he passes away, Motzah Shabbos, Simen Ra'aloi. If you pass away going into Shabbos, it's a good sign for you. If you pass away coming out of Shabbos, it's a bad sign for you. And the, and, and, and the Gemara explains, <clears throat> because Gehenim rests on Shabbos. Shabbos is a, is a day of rest for all the worlds. 
So somebody passes away going into Shabbos, he goes straight into rest. But uh, passes away coming out of Shabbos, like it's a, it's, it's a difficult time. So it's a, it's a tough transition. And that's why it's called Simen Raloi. It's not a good sign for someone to pass away Matzah Shabbos. So the Rebbe points out that we know that the ace histalkus of a tzaddik, the, the moment of passing of a tzaddik, is a moment of incredible spiritual revelation. And that it gives a spiritual boost to all those who are connected to the tzaddik. Now, when is the time of the week when we need the biggest boost? What time of the week are, are we the weakest? No pun intended, but what part of the week are we the most weak? When do we need an extra boost? Matzah Shabbos. That's why we smell besamim. Right? That's why we say, Altira Avdi Yankiv, don't be afraid. Why are we saying don't be afraid? Because you're leaving the safety of Shabbos and you're going into the work week and it's scary. So we're weak. We're beset by the troubles of, of, of the mundane work week and we need a boost, Matzah Shabbos. So the time of the week that it's most useful to us to get a spiritual boost is Matzah Shabbos. So the tzaddik, even in the moment of his passing, chooses the time of the week that's the most beneficial to Klal Yisrael. Well, the Gemara says, Simen Ra'aloi, it's a bad sign for him. It is, it is bad, it is harder on him. But since when, the Rebbe says, since when did the Nasi do things that were good for him? He does things that are good for you. So even in the moment of passing, if the Alter Rebbe knew that his histalkus would give a spiritual boost to the world and he could time it just right to be the most useful to others, okay, Matzah Shabbos. And that's why the Tzamech Tzedek specifically, because the Rebbe says he could have downplayed uh, Matzah Shabbos. He could have said, Yem Rishay, right? It's a, instead of saying Matzah Shabbos. But no, Dafka, he says Matzah Shabbos because to show the Mesiris Nefesh of the Nasi, that even in his passing, he's not doing what's good for him. He's not doing what's good for him. He's doing what's good for us. So this is the same idea of that Hashem told Meisha he could have entered Eretz Yisrael, but Meisha said, I'll stay with my flock. It's also related to this idea of Matzah Shabbos, that the, the Tzaddik chooses the time of Histalkus that's best for us. So both in time and space, the Nasi is doing what is most beneficial for the Klal and not for himself. Okay, I'm just, just going to play an excerpt from this part of the Sicha. And you hear the Rebbe get choked up a couple of places when he speaks about the self-sacrifice of the Nasi to allow himself to forego burial in Eretz Yisrael and to choose to be accessible to his flock. Okay.
Wieso können wir schade sein, abziehen und an dem Zoi haben wir habe als Durachem so können der Chayid verbinden sein Essen an Mit Asus und Husin Sauberhu. So you hear in, in that clip that Ab is very emotional, speaking about how, I mean, it's the Sikha is Yud Shvat, which is the Yem Hilula of the Fidik Rebbe, of the Rebbe's Rebbe. So the Rebbe is speaking about how the Fidik Rebbe was Moise Nefesh, even beyond his physical life in this world, to be here for us. Okay. Now, the Rebbe then expands on this concept and explains what exactly is the benefit that we are receiving from the fact that the Nasi makes himself geographically accessible. We, can, we have access. We can go to his resting place. So if you open up to page 6, and we'll go to Zion on the bottom of the page. And I want to thank Lahak uh, Hanachas and Rebbe Chaim Shalbrook, who prepared this Kuntris specifically for this uh, Limud here, and they gave us nice Nakudas so we could follow, and they redid this. This is uh, re-edited since, uh, since the Titus Menachem came out. This is, uh, I mean, it's being shared with everybody, but it was done specifically for this class, so I want to thank them. Okay, bottom of page six. Ayuzayin. <coughs> Another advantage, another benefit that we have from the fact that the Rebbe allows himself to be geographically close, his resting place is close to us. That it provides for them, meaning for the Klal, a connection to the land of Israel. This is the local call that I'm talking about. And remember I told you that the Rebbe is going out of his way to explain all of this, even though it's a lofty spiritual concept, the Rebbe is going out of his way to explain all of this, all according to the halachic, Talmudic explanations. It's very exciting. Okay. With a preface. Matzino we find about davening, which davening is requesting your needs. You have to daven toward the geographical place that Hashem says about it, that my uh, eyes and my heart are upon it all of the days. That's a posik from Malachim. Uh, Shalachim, therefore, the halacha is, if you're standing in Chutz Ponov, you should face Keneged Eretz Yisrael. You should face towards the land of Israel. They'll daven toward your land. And specifically toward Yerushalayim. Even more specifically toward the Beis Hamikdash. Even more specifically to the Holy of Holies. Okay, why? What's the explanation? Why do we daven facing Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim and the Beis Hamikdash and the Kedush Gedoshim? The explanation is this: The Ayin Sodom and the seventy guardian angels of the seventy proto nations. Every nation has a mazel, or a guardian angel, a sar, that is its conduit. Now, we have to remember something. These angels have no autonomy, because there's no creation in the world that has autonomy. Not even an angel, especially not an angel. They're only tools in Hashem's hands. They're pipelines. You know what a mazel means, by the way? is from the word noizel, which means to flow. It's a pipeline. So these guardian angels, they are conduits for spiritual energy to enter the physical world 
and they become materialized as the bounty and the sustenance of that particular nation. So the GNP of China, let's say, however, tri trillions of dollars, whatever it is, is coming from a Tsar, some guardian angel, Lamaila, which is that conduit or that spiritual pipeline for that nation on Earth. And there are 70 basic proto-nations, and uh, there are 70, what we call the Ayin Sodom, 70 of these guardian angels. When you're in Chutzlaretz, so your physical sustenance, your parnasa, is coming through that pipeline, coming through that intermediary. Again, they have no autonomy, that is the whole source of idol worship. Idol worship is where the idolaters actually think that the Sodom have autonomy and therefore they try to curry favor with the, with the Sodom. But they have no autonomy, but they are, they're like a delivery system. Now, when you're in Chutzlaretz, so everything you're getting is coming through those pipelines. Masha'en came to Eretz Yisrael, but not in the Holy Land. Eretz, Asher, Goimer, Tomid, Eine, Hashem, Alekecha, Bomer, Eishis, Hashan, Vat, Achishana. Eretz Yisrael is the land which Hashem's eyes are upon it all year round. Nimshochem kola, Ishpois, Chulu, Mahakodish, Baruch, Uba, Atzmei. All of the Influence is brought down directly from Hashem without an intermediary. intermediary without being invested in these 70 angels. And that's why we daven toward Eretz Yisrael, because when we want our needs to come to us, we want it to be an Eretz Yisrael delivery. We want it to be ke'ilu, a local call. So we want our quote-unquote shipping address I'm sure you guys have done this before, right? A bunch of jet setters like you, international uh, students like yourself. You know, when you need to have a shipping address in another country. So you have a friend, you have a connection, right? So we want to make sure <clears throat> that when we dive in, our shipping address isn't a chutzlaut, it's shipping address. We have an Eretz shipping address, which is Yerushalayim, which is the Beis HaMikdash. And that's where we dive in toward that location. So far, so good? Yeah, following? Okay. Now, we can achieve that even outside of the land of Israel. In addition to the fact we daven towards Yerushalayim, but we can also achieve that same type of local call or local shipping address. How? How? at the resting place of the tzaddik of the generation. So the same thing that is gained by davening toward Eretz Yisrael, you can gain that by davening at the resting place of the tzaddik of the let's, let's see. Very intriguing. Let's see. Lahabir Bazet. Ches. Chapter 8. With me? Bottom of page 7. Lahabir Bazet. Here's the explanation. The Gemara asks a question. The Tana Rebbe Lazar says that Tchias HaMesim will only be for those buried in Eretz Yisrael. The Tchias HaMesim will only occur in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutzlaut. So the Gemara asks, according to Rabbi Lazar, according to that Tana, what about the tzaddikim who are buried in Chutzlaretz? Those tzaddikim will not have Tchias HaMesim? So the Gemara answers, Michilois naises lahem bakarka. Tunnels will be made, tunnels will form in the ground, underground tunnels. The tzaddikim will get up under the ground, stand on their feet, walk through those tunnels. They'll poke through the ground and they'll come up. So those tzaddikim who are buried in Chutzlaretz, when it's time for Tchiyas HaMesim, there will be tunnels underground, they'll walk through them, they'll come up in Eretz Yisrael. Now, there's a discussion in the same Gemara about those who will have to roll through the ground, which is an unpleasant thing, which causes pain. 
those who are buried in the Chutzlots who will have to roll through the ground underground. And that is why uh, many people strive to be buried in Eretz to avoid that pain. But for the Tzadikim, they won't have to roll through the ground. They'll have nice pathways, underground pathways, that they'll be able to walk through. This is the Gemara and Ksubis. Hainu, that is to say, the opening of these tunnels is in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, fine, I got it. So, comes Tchias Amesim, there's going to be a tunnel from the graves of the Tzadikim Akutzlaritz, and it's going to go to Eretz Yisrael and open up in Eretz Yisrael. No problem. You with me so far? Now, since the openings of these tunnels are in Eretz Yisrael, therefore, the halachic status of these tunnels is as if it were geographically located in Eretz Yisrael. You understand that halachically there's a difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaritz. The Kedusha has halachic ramifications. This is a discussion of the Gemara and Pesachim. The Gemara and Pesachim says this, like we find in the Gemara and Pesachim, if you have chambers or tunnels that they are built in a mundane area, a mundane area, talking about not Harabayas, but their entrance, their opening of these tunnels is in a sanctified area. The halacha is toichan kaidish. The whole inside of the tunnel has the halachic status of the holy area. Why? Because we follow the klal, the basar psichosan azlinan. That according to the entry or the opening, we determine the status. So, following what we're saying here, there's going to be a tunnel from the oil to Eretz Yisrael, and it's going to open up in Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, the halachic status of that whole tunnel is Eretz Yisrael. Move on. So now we understand. The halachic status of the graves of the tzaddikim in Chutzlaritz is that of Eretz Yisrael. Now you're going to ask a question. You're going to ask a question. The the af sherak la'asid But hold on a second. The tunnel, there's no tunnels there yet. Tunnels didn't form yet. The tunnels are going to form. At the time of the resurrection. Mechilis will form. They will be made. They didn't, they didn't, they're not made yet. So the Rebbe deals with this too. The, 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 right now, the cavern is completely closed up. There's no mechilis, there's no, there's no tunnels. Hare, but hold on. Sheninu ba'alais. We learn in a Mishnah, in Alais, Alais is talking about uh, Tumas Mess, an oihel, a, an, over, an overhang or a, a structure, and there's a dead body underneath, and it causes uh, Tuma. Without getting into the, into the complexities of this discussion, the Mishnah says like this. Here's the case. Hames bias. There's a dead body in the house. Ubei and there are many uh, doorways to this house. All of the kalim, any utensils that are under the doorways, even though they're outside of the house, but they're under the doorway, under the mashkev, the overhang, they all become tame. All of the doorways. However, if you have in mind, no, we're only going to take the mace out through one of the doorways, even though you didn't open it yet, and it's not open, now only the kalim under that doorway become tame, and none of the others do. The point is, 
well, let's finish the, the din. Veraka nimtza tachas hamashkiv shal pesach zeh sheachshav sosamhu. Only the kalim under that door frame, even though it's closed right now, those kalim will become tamei, but the others will not. Verak laachazman yiftechenu, and only later are you going to open that door, but only that one is tamei. You following the case here? Basically. The question is not the kalim that are in the house. The question is the kalim that are sort of in the house but out of the house because they're not inside the house. They're on the other side of the door, but they're under the overhang that goes over the door. So the, 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 any door that the, the mace could have been brought through, the kalim under that overhang become uh, become However, if you had in mind, no, we're going to only go out through that door, now, even though you didn't open that door yet, that becomes the only doorway. And now none of the other doorways will have that status of Tumah. The point is, even when a doorway is closed, but it will in the future be opened, it confers a certain halachic status. Even though the, the, the doorway is not yet open. So the Rebbe says like this, The imadvarmamurimbemidisparonyas if this is so in a negative thing, meaning conferring tumma, impurity, how much more so something that's positive because we know the midah toiva is disproportionately greater than the, than the negative attribute. So, there, so therefore, we can apply the same principle and even more so that even if the tunnels are not yet opened, but only in the future will be opened, so they will still confer a certain halachic status as if they were open already. In other words, just the fact that you know that you're going to open a door can confer tumma to the articles under that door, how much more so that when we're talking about something that is the opposite of impurity, that it's purity and, it, and, it, and holiness like our case just our knowledge that there's going to be that opening in the grave with those tunnels and it's going to go to it helps to affect that even now, that it's as if the tunnels are already there and open to a holy area. And the halachic status is that the insides of those tunnels is Kaidish. Therefore, the halachic status of the grave, it is halachically and spiritually as if it were in Eretz Yisrael. You're not in Cambria Heights, Queens. You're in Eretz Yisrael. The Nimtza. So it emerges. What's the takeaway for us? When you daven in the location of the resting place of the Tzadik Hadar, which is open to and attached to the land of Israel, you have the spiritual benefit as if you were davening in Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Now if that's not enough, right, Dayeno, it's enough for me. That's, that's, that's mind-blowing enough for me. Okay, no, it's not enough for the Rebbe. That I was going to push the envelope here. Where do you think we're going to go now? How, how, how can we up the ante at this point? We just said <clears throat> that davening at the oil is as much of a direct call as davening at the koisel. That's what we just said. In case you're wondering, did we say it? Yes, we said it. We said davening at the oil is as much a direct call as davening at the koisel. What do you think, if we could do one better than that? If we, sure, it's greater. It's greater. That's for of course. It's greater. What do you have to fly all the way there to throw? Down to the castle. 
You go to Cambria Heights, Queens, and not only you have everything you can have by davening the castle, you can have even more. Okay, I got, I got to see how the Deb explains this. <coughs> you see we're on page 8 at the bottom? Ice Tess, you with me? Okay. Let's add here. Let's go further. The location of the Tzaddik's resting place actually is a better place to daven than Eretz Yisrael, at least now in the time of Golis. In the time of Golis. Obviously, when the base of was standing, or when the base of will stand again, there's nothing like it. But until, until Mashiach comes, while we're in Golis, yeah, the oil is more of a, is the most direct local call. Uban Dama, with a preface. Regarding the flow of Hashem's uh, sustenance, everything we get when we daven, all that, uh, that transmission of, of energy that provides for us. There's a difference in how we get it in Golis and how we used to get it in the times of the Beis Amikdush. The Alter Rebbe explains this actually in Egeres HaTshuva. Over there he explains why people don't drop dead from Kares anymore. It's an interesting question. Why, the Alter Rebbe says, we see old people who were high of Kares. Why don't they drop dead from it? So he says, you want to know? It's an icky reason, really. The reason is because in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, people were only sustained by their Nefesh kiss. And if that got cut off, then their body would drop. Today, we're anyway sustained by Tuma, by Klippa, <coughs> because we're in Golis. So you live off of that energy. Not you, but a person would continue living off of that energy. Because when we're in Golis and we're under the administration, so to speak, of the Ayin Sodom that we spoke about before, so we're not getting direct, pure uh, Kedusha energy for our sustenance. In the times of the Beis Hamikdash, we only received sustenance for our body from our nefesh alakis. We, we got a, an inner transmission from the name of Hashem. Masha Enkin bismana golos chulu, but not when we're in golos. Umizem move and gamben negele eretz Yisrael. Now we're going to apply this concept. You follow what the Alter Rebbe says in Egeres HaTshuva? That basically in Golis, we're not getting a clean, direct transmission like we did when we are in the times of the Beis HaMikdosh. So anyways, we're getting things through a, a side door. Obviously, ultimately, everything comes from Hashem because anything can only come from Hashem. Hashem is the only source. But the point is the pathway, the pathway through which it reaches us. So the same idea here we said about receiving sustenance not directly, <clears throat> not a direct path like uh, when we're in Golis. We're going to apply the same idea to Eretzisrael. <laughs> this advantage that Eretzisrael has over Chutzlaretz, that the Hashba comes directly and not through the Ayin Sodom, Really, when does that exist? It exists when there's a base of Mikdash standing. But not in the times of Golis. In the times of Golis, it's not happening that you're getting that direct transmission just by being an Eretz Yisrael. In fact, the Rebbe says, in a certain way, the Golis hit Eretz Yisrael harder than any other place on earth. It's, it's, it's harsh to say, but when we're in Golis, not only <clears throat> does Eretz Yisrael not have that effect, but in a certain way, Eretz Yisrael got, got hit the hardest. Yeserim is there. So the Rebbe says more than this. 
There's a famous parable about the falling of a, a wall. The stone on the top of the wall, when the wall topples, the stone that was the top row falls farthest from the base of the wall. So the marshal means that something that's holier, something that comes from a higher source, when it falls, it falls lower. So the, the, the wound or the, 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 the damage that Eretz Yisrael suffers from Golis is actually more pronounced than any other land. The change that Golis caused and the Korban caused was more pronounced in Eretz Yisrael. But Pashtus, we see this <coughs> in a very simple way, even in, a, in physical terms. The effect, the negative effect of Golos on Eretz Yisrael is seen, is perceived physically. In the time of the Beis HaMikdash, Eretz Yisrael was the most fertile place on earth. A land flowing with milk and honey. A fertile place. Not today. Obviously, Jews are very smart and hardworking, and we figure out ways to uh, make a desert bloom. But naturally speaking, it's very harsh land. And not only do we find that during Golis, Eretz Yisrael is not a fertile place, it used to be. It used to be the most fertile place. But not only do we find that Gashmir that Eretz Yisrael got hit that way, that Gullus affected it, that it no longer physically has that, that same bounty. No, to the contrary. It's even harder to make physical bounty in Eretz Yisrael than any other place. The Ramban visited Eretz Yisrael and he writes to his son. He says, Great is the abandonment and the destruction, the desolation. And here's the general principle. He says, I'll tell you what I saw in Eretz Yisrael. Every place that's holier than, than the other is more desolate than the other. The holier it is, the more desolate Begashmias it is. And Yerushalayim, which is the holiest place, is the most desolate. That's what the Ramban writes. Now that's speaking physically, materially. But along these same lines, in spiritual terms, you know it says, Teisvus actually mentions it. Again, these are all sources in Nigla. It's harder to be from in Eretz Yisrael. Ask all the Israelis who uh, become niskarav through a Chabad in Chutzlar, or Dafke Chutzlar. It's harder to be from in Eretz Yisrael. In addition to the fact there are more mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael, right? Trumas, Maisas, all that kind of stuff. Shemitah. In addition to the fact there's much more mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael. You actually have to work harder for simple things. Regular Yiddishkeit is harder in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because of this Nefilas HaChaimah Mashal. Because Eretz Yisrael is so holy, so then when the Golis hits, it hits Eretz Yisrael the hardest. So it's not just that physically it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, to, to produce agricultural bounty in Eretz Yisrael, much harder than Lahavdal in Kansas, right? But even spiritually, it's probably easier to be from in Kansas. That's the Yitzhahara. There's an old joke about a guy who made Aliyah 
and he said bye to his, his Yetzirah. And then he gets to Eretz Yisrael, and uh, he sees his Yetzirah again. He says, hey, I thought I got rid of you. He says, no, you got rid of my shliach. <laughs> now, now you met the, you know, I'm, the, I'm the big boss, final boss. Okay. Let's bring a proof or an example from halacha. Everything is strengthened when we bring a halachic example. A talmid chacham who has a stain on his shirt is chayiv misa. Chayiv Misa for having a stain on his shirt. Shinamar, yeah, because it says in Mishli, Shleimah Melech says, Kol Mesane Avu Mavis, all who hate me, who hate Hashem, love death, meaning you're looking for death if you hate Hashem. Al Tikre Mesanai, don't say those who hate me, Ella Masniai, those who make me hate it. Everyone knows the Talmud Chokham represents Hashem. When people see the Talmud Chacham with a pizza stain on his shirt, they say, oh, so that's what Teter gets you? So a regular guy walking down the street with a pizza stain on his shirt, big deal. But the Talmud Chacham, oh, Chayiv Misa. So what does that mean? So Eretz Yisrael is like that Talmud Chacham. Because Eretz Yisrael is so special and so holy, its very air is pure, and makes people wise, even something as trivial as a pizza stain on your shirt. can affect the connection. However, Everything we were saying about this Yerida that Golis causes. Good news. It only affects that which is within Seder Ishtalshlis. <laughs> it only affects regular reality as we know it. But not the stuff that's beyond regular reality. That's beyond regular creation. Well, what's that? Well, you know, there's Hashem as he's within creation, Hashem as he's beyond creation. And so, too, there's your soul as it is part of creation, and your soul as it transcends creation. And those two, Hashem as he's beyond creation, and your soul as it is beyond creation, are, are, are one. That's the Yechida, the deepest core of the soul, your oneness with Hashem. And that exists beyond the Shtauslis. That's why it's like a fifth level, because there are four worlds, right? The four worlds, Asiya. Yitzira, Bria, Atzilos, there are four levels of the soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya. And then there's the fifth level, which is not a level at all. Yechida of your soul is beyond the world. It's beyond creation. So within creation, Golas has an effect. Beyond the system of creation, Golas has no effect. Oh, great. How can I hack out of this system and access my connection to Hashem in a way where that connection is never affected by Golas. I know in time it's called Yim Kippur, which is why we daven five tefillas on Yim Kippur, which corresponds to that fifth level, the core of the soul, the Yechida. Where can I go, though, in space where I can get away from the the effect that the Churban has on Seder Ishtalshlis. I can't do it. Going to Eretz Yisrael won't help. Eretz Yisrael is a physical place that's within the physical creation, within the Seder Ishtalshlis. It's not going to help. So the Rebbe says there's one way to do it. You've got to go deep. You've got to go to the core of your soul. And the way we do that is through our relationship with the Neshama Klolis, through the aggregate soul, Yechida Klolis, through our relationship with the Tzadik Adar, who represents the core identity, the core godliness of all of us, our true identity, our true selves. Let's try to wrap this up here.
So only within Seder Shtauslis does this problem exist. Shesham negeya, reert on hapagam davene seichem, hoyum avdilam benechem levene lekechem. But if you can get above Seder Shtauslis, to the essence of God, and to the essence of your soul, there, there's no concept of your sin separating you from Hashem, because on that level you are always one with Hashem, the sins can't touch. Nothing can cause separation. Between the pintalayid, the core of your soul, and the essence of God, nothing can cause separation. There can be no concealment, there can be no hiding, and there can be no destruction, God forbid. Now, let's apply this to Eretz There's the essence of the land. Which is connected to the essence of godliness. The Chorban did not affect the essence of the land. The physical land it affected. That's within Seder Shpalshus. But the essence of the land was unaffected. Okay, bring me to the essence of the land. Where's that? It's very hard to access it. Bring me to it. Bring me to the essence of the land. So I'm trying to dive into Eretz Yisrael because of the direct connection, the local call that it affords me. But the Golis is making it, for all intents and purposes, impossible. And if I could get to the level of essence, where Golis and sin and all that stuff doesn't touch, then I can work around it. But how do I do that? How do I get to essence? Yodalaf. That's where the Tzadik Adar comes in. It is known that for certain lofty souls, the destruction never occurred. In other words, what, is, what does it mean that these lofty souls experienced no destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? It means that the essence of the Beis HaMikdash is intact. And these people are able to draw upon that essence, which is normally inaccessible. They're able to draw it down into their day-to-day -day life, into what the, what the Rebbe says, into their 365 limbs, and uh, rather 248 limbs and 365 sinews. And for them... They transcend the whole idea of Chorban. And since for the Tzadik, he's above the whole idea of Chorban, so by him, Eretz Yisrael was never affected by Golas. Eretz Yisrael still the original Eretz Yisrael that existed in the times of the Beis HaMikdash. In other words, in the place of the burial of the Tzadik, even though it's in Chutz it is halachically Eretz Yisrael, because of the tunnels, as we explained, those tunnels which are open to a holy area. But it's not only as good as Eretz Yisrael, it's actually better than the actual Eretz Yisrael that's accessible currently in Golis. It's connected to Eretz Yisrael as it was in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, because when you're in the, the physical space of the Tzaddik, and in the spiritual space of the Tzaddik, 
You're connecting not to Eretz Yisrael as it's connected to when you, you visit it as a physical uh, vo location today, but you're connecting to the essence of Eretz Yisrael as it remains transcendent and untouched by Golas. So it's more Eretz Yisrael than Eretz Yisrael is for now. It's more the Kaisel than the Kaisel is for now. Let's finish it up here. Yud base. So now we see there's a really special thing about davening at the oil. In today's day and age, when Eretz Yisrael was affected by the Chorban, if a Jew wants to daven today in a manner that would simulate davening to Hashem in Eretz Yisrael in the times of the Besamikdash, in other words, to get around the Ayin Sodom, not to have to go through the Ayin Sodom, if you want to have that access, that local call, In other words, a direct connection without any couriers in between. Just direct with Hashem alone, with no foreigners. Where's that place where you can do this? At the resting place of the Tzadik of the generation. Because that place not only is it is it halakhically as if it were Eretz it's on the level of Eretz as it was in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, which you cannot cannot even access currently in the actual Eretz It's understood then. There's an added advantage to a tefillah in such a place. That everything one needs will be fulfilled. Especially the revelation of the essence in a revealed way. The whole thing here is talking about essence. Revealing the essence. What does that mean? That means when I connect to the Rebbe, I realize that I'm a lot greater than I thought I was. And I'm a lot more spiritual. I'm a lot more godly. But that can remain abstract. You go to the oil and you connect to the tzaddik. You can take your essence and reveal it in your, your mind, your heart, your behaviors. That's what it means to draw the essence into the revelation. In other words, to finally be able to be empowered to act as holy as I really am deep down. That's what the oil does for us. He says it's basically the Bechinas HaChochma. It's a technical Kabbalistic way of explaining, but the Bechinas HaChochma, which is the, 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 the loftiest Koyach, becomes spread out in all of your, uh, your Koyaches, in all of your, your, your limbs, in your day-to-day -day life, in your thought, speech, and action, in, all, in, in actuality. Especially when you go to the oil, it empowers you to step up and to actualize your shlichus that the generation's tzaddik ordered each one of us to carry out. When all this comes without any concealment, with abundant success, physically and spiritually together. And here at the end, it says that the Rebbe got up, the Rebbe was saying, the Rebbe got up and uh, asked them to sing the Nigun Nezhritzi and the Rebbe was standing in his place. And, uh, and dancing. This is a beautiful recording of it. You can hear the whole sicha and you can hear the, the lachaims and the nigun that follow. So, Baruch Hashem, we are b'smichas mokim, the kid of mokim. We have access to the holiest place on earth. 
So uh, make use of it.